Welcome to the Metaversible Podcast, chronicling the journey of reaching the metaverse through blockchain, digital art, and virtual reality. Welcome back to the Metaversible Podcast, where we explore the art and the science of this metaverse, this digital world in which we live in. Again, I am one of your hosts. I'm Chris Cochran. And as always, I'm joined by my co-host and best friend, Ron Eddings. Welcome back to the metaverse. And we are about to take another red pill and dive right in. Ron, who do we have with us today? Today, we have the honor and pleasure to speak with Bees. Bees helps people learn about financial literacy and how to retire early by increasing their income through means like investing. So much more to unpack about you, Bees, and your background, but most importantly, welcome to the metaverse. Thank you. Thanks for inviting me on. I'm excited to be here. We have so many things to talk to you about, but before we get into all of that, let's Go into your origin story a bit in the metaverse. From what I can read, you started with crypto and you made your ways into NFTs and some of the other aspects of Web3 technology. But yeah, give us your entrance into this thing we call the metaverse. I got into crypto in 2017. I had discovered Bitcoin and I, you know, I was very interested in it. I felt like it was the future. And then that's when I discovered Ethereum not too long after that. And at some point, crypto kitties, you know, I'm pretty sure everybody who was into crypto back then are familiar with crypto kitties, but they basically took over the Ethereum blockchain and, you know, bogged down everything. So I had bought a crypto kitty. I had breeded one of my crypto kitties with my friends. And that's really how I got into NFTs. And, you know, at the time I didn't even know, you know, that this metaverse was coming. So let's talk a little bit about your most recent win. I'm sure you've had more since then, but really what put you on our radar was your board ape. How did you even get a board ape? Did you were you one of those people that adopted very early and what made you decide to eventually sell it? Yeah, so um I adopted into board apes pretty early on. So something that I noticed, I'm pretty good at like identifying trends. This was my first big NFT purchase. I was debating going back and forth between buying a Meebit and um, buying this board eight. So, um, and, uh, and a crypto punk as well. So, the reason why I bought the board ape was because, you know, the hype had started running. They had just released their first airdrop for the Kennel Club, right? So the Board Ape Kennel Club, they just released that. I really didn't even know what the Kennel Club was, but I just figured, okay, you know, I saw LaMelo, he had a board ape. I don't see many people talk about that anymore, but uh, LaMelo Ball had a board ape. Um, there were a couple other basketball players that were young basketball players that had board apes. And it just made me realize like, okay, well maybe, you know, the culture is actually going to be behind this compared to, you know, crypto punks, which was really reserved for people who were into crypto, like people who are in Ethereum very early. I saw this was something that was taking like actual, like a uh, cultural standpoint outside of crypto. So I figured, okay, you know, this is something different. This team seems like they're doing something good. So um, I bought my first board ape for, how much? I bought it for two Ethereum. And at the time it was worth $4,000. 
And I actually got scared. I paper handed it <laughs> and I oh. sold it. Yeah, I sold it. This is messed up my entire strategy, right? So my initial strategy was buy two board apes, buy one, one, like basically floor ape, and then buy one very rare one and sell the floor ape eventually and hold on to the rare one forever. But I paper handed it after the kennel clubs came out. They, I think the, the floor price of the apes got up to five Ethereum and then they like crashed down to like 2.6. So I got Dang. scared. Yeah. Right. So I got, I got scared because it, it was my first time. Like I never spent that much money on an NFT. So I literally paper handed it. I think I sold mine for about three or 3.2 Ethereum, the first one. Um, and then after that, that's when I went and bought, uh, my multi-grill ape, the one that I paid, um, I paid 10 ETH for it. And at the time it was worth 20 K. Right. So, uh, it was, it was, it was a lot, right. It was a lot. So I actually, I held on to the multi-grill one for a long time and it was a fun ride. I, I enjoyed the culture with BAYC. I enjoyed everything around it, uh, everything about it. But, you know, when I first got my BAYC, nobody cared at all. Like I tweeted about it, I think I got maybe two likes when I bought the first one. <laughs> and, and, you know, I have, a, I have a good amount of followers, but, you know, a lot of people, they just don't know what NFTs are and nobody was really into it at all. So when I bought my first one, Board Ape Yacht Club had only been out for two months, right? Mm. So nobody knew about it. Nobody knew what it was. Uh, a couple of people asked, they were just like, what, like, what's this monkey that you keep posting? Right. Like, what is this? <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, this is an NFT. I was like, I think I'll be able to sell it for a lot. Right. <laughs> so that's really how I got in. And that's how I got to, you know, where I am now. And throughout holding my apes, you know, I bought the merch drops and I thought that was very interesting. You know, they dropped the merch, they dropped the basketball, they dropped um, some nice merch. And that's what made me realize like, okay, they're trying to be like a lifestyle brand. This is not mm -hmm. just some everyday NFT project and they really deliver. But unfortunately, I, like I said, I paper handed the first one, which led me to having to sell my second one because um, I was heavily invested into Solana and Solana had started to crash at the time. It went from $60 and it was going, I think it went down to 30 and then it was around $40 when I decided to reallocate and put it into NFTs. So I put most of my crypto holdings into my board apes. So mm. I, I was super illiquid until I sold it. That's the only reason why I sold. Um, my friend kept telling me not to sell it. But like I said, since I paper handed the first one, it was like, well, you know, I don't have that liquidity that I need. So uh, I ended up selling it and literally not even a week after selling my eight, that's when the Rolling Stone cover came out. And I was like, oh man, I really oh, messed up. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I really messed up. I was like, because it, it was crazy because I knew that the Aloha shirts would finally get love one day. And then the multi grills too. I just, you know, I just knew that one day they would get love, but I didn't know they would end up on a Rolling Stone cover. Right. right. <laughs> so uh, I sold my eight for, um, 40 ETH. Um, and really I should have sold it for more, but I was being greedy. So I had an offer for 45 ETH, which was worth about 190,000. And mm. I wanted him to give me a little bit more money and he took his offer away. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. So the next offer came in at 40 ETH and it, it was around 170,000. And I was just like, I'm going to just take it. Cause at the time, this was literally just three weeks ago, the board Ape Yacht Club was in like a bear market, right? So mm -hmm. everything was down. I think the actual floor price was around 25 ETH. 
And, you know, I got that offer for 45 and I was like, you know, let me get this. Um, I'm about to retire. I really need this liquidity. But literally not even a week later, the Rolling Stone cover came out and yep. Yep. And, and so somebody who was helping me sell my eight, uh, he sent me the transaction, somebody, they, the person who bought it, they obviously flipped it. Right. So they bought it for 40 E they sold it for 72. So they sold it out of here. Yeah. Yeah. Not even a month later. So I was just like, man, like just terrible timing. So I held on to mine for, I think almost six months. So it, it sucks. <laughs> but I mean, I walked away with profit. I bought it for 20K, sold it for 170, but you know, 300,000 would have been nice. You know what? One of my friends always says, you can't go broke making a profit. So good on you for turning that 20 into around 170, 190,000. Cause that's, that's an accomplishment on its own. Yeah. 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 You, you know, you can't really, you can't go back and change anything. And honestly, I, I ended up rotating into, I'm not sure if you all are familiar with it, but DeFi kingdoms, um, I ended up buying two gen zero heroes for DeFi kingdoms. So, and those are worth, it's fluctuating right now, but at, at its peak, both of those were worth a hundred thousand dollars each. So, you know, I kind of came up a lot just off of getting those two. Perfect. You know, I want to talk to you a little bit about the culture and the community mm-hmm. that you're describing. Like, what elements about this culture that is being built or cultivated from NFTs and even blockchain as a whole, what about the culture is really pulling you in? And what do you think is like pulling other people in that didn't know about it previously? I think that, you know, now with social media, I feel like a lot of people feel alone. And I think that these NFTs automatically give you like a sense of a family, right? A sense of belonging. So, you know, people buy these NFTs, they automatically have a community there that's there to support them. They have like an exclusive member section in the Discord that, you know, they can have conversations and stuff like that. And then also, you know, with a lot of NFTs with Board Ape Yacht Club, you know, it's like eight follow eight, right? So if you have one of these NFTs, you automatically get that that following and other people who are interested in it as well. And you might have the same interest too. So I think that the community that's being built is just something that we probably haven't ever seen before outside of video games, in my opinion. So when I was younger, I used to play shooting games a lot. So I played Rainbow Six, you know, and I was a part of a clan, right? So, you know, to me, it kind of feels like being a part of clans. You have like that that family, even though you don't, you've never met these people, but you all are all coming together for the same cause and for the same reason. So that's something that's huge that's happening right now. And if things continue to move, like with Board Ape Yacht Club, where people focus on like more lifestyle and doing more in-person events, we'll start to see we um, even more change and even more impact happen. Absolutely. One thing we always have to say this, especially when we're talking about investments and stuff like that, is that you know, we're not here to advise anybody to to do one thing or the other. But one thing I wanted to mention about this is that the board apes are really the gold standard when it comes to blue chip properties on ETH. We primarily operate on Solana. So we're looking at a lot of different Solana projects and we're still, I think, waiting for that breakout blue chip project. It seems like there's a lot of projects out there that are trying to play off the board ape kind of feel. There's a lot of apes and monkeys out there that are trying to do their thing. But it seems like it's getting harder and harder to have that breakout hit. 
you said that you were able to see what those good projects are based on what they look like. What are some of the tenants that you're looking for when you're looking at these different projects? And do you think that we're going to have a breakout blue chip hit on Solana? I, I think Solana might already have that breakout blue chip, in my opinion, with Solana monkey business, honestly. Right. You know, I, I had bought one. I was trying to flip it. Didn't work out how I wanted it to, but it's all good. Uh, but yeah, I think that Solana monkey business is probably like that first huge breakout, in my opinion, is probably the only blue chip on Solana besides this recent project, but I'm not sure how well they're going to do. I, I think you pronounce it the Baruku Dragons. Oh, um, yep. I've seen those. Yeah. 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 I was thinking about buying those at like 35 so, and now they're worth 200 so. so it's crazy. Damn. Yeah. But, but, you know, I think Solana so far, the issue that's, that's happening is there's so many different derivatives and literally like copy paste projects based right. off of other Ethereum projects. Right. So a lot of cash grabs that are happening, but when I'm looking at these projects, what I'm looking for is good art, strong community, something that's not too trendy, right. Something that's kind of like setting the trends, not following a trend. So like with Solana Monkey Business, that was like the first, one of the first Pixel 8 projects. And then it was also, you know, a small number of monkeys that were minted, right? So it wasn't your typical 10,000. It was smaller right. than that. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I'm looking for stuff like that. I'm looking to see if the community actually believes in the project. I will say that, you know, you, you really have to get active in the discords. You really probably should, before you think about buying, if you're trying to get a blue chip because that's how I buy my NFTs. I try to get blue chip, something that I think is going to be a blue chip. Try to reach out to people in the community and see like, you know, how they feel about the community. Why did they buy in? Why are they holding? Like what's their conviction? Um, and just like look at the roadmap and actually see if they're delivering um, what they say they're going to do, right? Because a lot of roadmaps nowadays, you know, they just, it's just a bunch of BS, but they aren't actually delivering or shipping anything. Yeah, I think you're right. Solana monkey business is up there from a cultural perspective. I'm waiting to see like that breakout to where you got, you know, NBA athletes that they're, they're rocking Solana monkey business and stuff like that. I'm sure it's starting to happen a little bit, but uh, one of the projects that I'm actually looking at and I'm super excited about, they just dropped their main mint yesterday is the uh, kingdom of doors. Have you seen that? No, I haven't seen that. So what's crazy about it is they brought on this crazy like ragtag team of like fire artists. They brought in people that have won Academy Awards and some folks have won Emmys and they modeled these like 3D renderings of these dwarves. They look like they could be straight out of a movie, like no joke. Take a look at them and let me know what you think. They're doing something interesting. They're dropping like 500 at a time. So they're doing like in season. So they did season one. It was 500 of them. Ended up selling out pretty quickly. But what they're doing is the holders of these tokens, those are the folks that are able to get the, the pre-sale, the, the allow list. Each season, those folks are able to buy those things. So they're able to get some of those dwarves before everybody else. And from the art, to being in the Discord, seeing the type of energy that everybody has. I'm really excited about this project. They haven't even revealed like the rest of the art, the people that already minted. And so it, it's going to be like Christmas for me because I ended up getting two of them tomorrow. So I don't know if I'm going to flip one, keep one. I'm definitely going to keep one for sure. But uh, Ron also did it as well. When you hear about projects that are trying to do things that are a little bit different, right? Because they, they decided, you know, we're not going to do pixel art. We're going to do this, these 3D sculptures. 
Where do you think we need to go next when it comes to some of these projects? Almost all of the projects, or probably all of them, should be focusing on you know the metaverse, right? How will this translate into the metaverse? Like, do you have plans for the three D renderings, you know, in the actual games? Right? There was another project that came out recently. I can't remember the name. It has a weird name, but they're like a little funny shape. They kind of look like little aliens, and they have like uh, baggy pants. I can't remember the name at all. It starts with an A. I wish I could remember it. But like that project, I see they're like focusing on metaverse. I think that's what pretty much everybody needs to do. I don't know if there's one particular style. I just think that, you know, metaverse needs to be heavily on their mind, right? Because if it's something that is not going to be able to translate well into the metaverse, I just don't think that it's going to work out long term. And you, you can pretty much see the demand of the metaverse with, you know, sandbox prices going crazy. Axie Infinity, they just sold some land for a high amount. Decentraland, of course, is going crazy. They're doing big brand collaborations. So, you know, and obviously Facebook as well, which is now meta. So you need to, (laughs) you need to make sure that whatever NFT project you're coming out with will translate well to the metaverse. You know, I think personally that the metaverse is just going to be another place, you know, we're, we're humans, right? This is human nature. Another place for people to flex how much money they have, right? So <laughs> if people can't flex, you know, the NFT, you know, I think that it's just not going to work out long term because, you know, that's the whole thing about the crypto punks and the bored apes. You know, it's like, oh, yeah, the metaverse, you'll be able to see like, oh, wow, this person has a, a bored ape or this person has a crypto punk, you know, so it has to translate. What do you think would be the jaw dropping moment for you? looking at the future of the metaverse like is it the virtual reality aspects is it the the investment strategies that you can employ due to like things like smart contracts and DAOs? what are you looking at and what is what really excites you about the future of like what we know as the metaverse today i think what excites me the most is like a fully immersive experience right because mm-hmm. as of right now I know it sounds pretty weird, but I feel like Twitter is the only real metaverse that we have. Um, You know, there are some people who literally like live and sit on Twitter all day. Like I'm one of those people, right? But now you see everybody has an NFT profile picture, right? Like literally everybody. It gets to the point where I don't even remember who people are because they have literally made their NFT a part of their identity. So I, I just think that when it comes to the metaverse and what's going to be mind blowing to me is like just being fully immersed in there. Like, you know, Oculus, you have payments, you know, you have, I guess, in meta world payments, um, you are doing like, you know, Twitter spaces. Like, let's say everybody has their profile picture. You have your, your avatar in the metaverse and you have a Twitter space and everybody's just like sitting there and you can see everybody, you know, I just think to me, I think that's going to be the most mind-blowing thing. I believe the investments are always going to be there, right? Because this is uh, a new space that's that's developing. But I just think that what's going to be the biggest thing to me is just us actually leaving the physical world and going into this digital virtual world. You know, it just, it sounds crazy, right? So something else that I haven't spoken about on this podcast is that I was heavy into ICOs in 2017, right? Mm-hmm. And Decentraland ICO, me and my friend, we were we were thinking about it, and I was like, "Digital land? That, <laughs> that sounds crazy." You know, this is 2017, right? Like digital right. land that this isn't going to work out. This ICO is going to flop. It didn't flop, 
And obviously we see now the central land is, uh, what is it, over $4 or $3 per coin. I think when the ICO came out, it was only like, a, I think about five cents a coin. And the land was extremely cheap, right? So it right. just shows how fast things change, right? Like it changes so quickly. So it's just going to be interesting to see where where it goes and, and how we actually get into this new world. So, but, you know, as you can see with Facebook going all in, changing their name to Meta, um, I think that the metaverse is going to be something that we really can't even imagine the possibilities that are going to come from it. I think you're someone that is on the cusp of all these trends, right? So Ron and I just figured out that Square just changed its name to Block, which is short for blockchain. And you had this thing with Meta. So you see that everything is moving in that direction. I think there are still a lot of folks that are counting NFTs and blockchain technology and cryptocurrency out. I think those people might be missing the boat. But what is it about... PFPs, do you think PFP projects are going to endure? Do you think this is a fad right now? What do you think about the future of that? Because I think you are right. People want to flex uh, about you know their status, right? And these PFPs are definitely a status or even a cultural or even from a, an, a philanthropic perspective, because I know there are going to be some projects that are really tied to community service and changing things in the world. Do you think there's going to be a change in the PFP market or do you think that's here to stay for good? I think that PFPs are here to stay for good because there is a huge anonymous movement, right? People are making a lot of money and they don't want to have their real identity out there. And then on top of that as well, like I said, you know, people in real life, they don't have that community. So having these different PFPs automatically gives them the community. So, you know, I feel like if PFPs weren't going to be important, you wouldn't see all of Twitter rocking different nfts as their profile pictures right like even black twitter like anybody who is buying nfts literally changes their profile picture to an <laughs> nft like yep. when have you seen that right you know for for us for black people at least you know having your actual picture was like everything right you know having your actual picture you want people to know who you are but now it's like completely different it, like people want to show off their nfts i don't think that's going to change i think what's going to change is the nfts that are most popular right so and that brings me to back to bayc my biggest issue with bayc right now is i think it's too much of a pop fad so mm. i saw somebody on twitter bringing that up they were saying like you know what's going to happen when all of these pop stars and celebrities and entertainers don't care about board Ape yacht club anymore right? right because that's like the big draw right now is oh this celebrity bought in and something that nobody's really talking about is that MoonPay is literally, I think it's not confirmed, but I know they are paying entertainers like Post Malone. They paid him 700000 to promote MoonPay. So who's to say that they didn't just give him the, his board apes? Like, you know, who, right. who's to say they didn't just give it to him? Same thing with Lil Baby. Who's to say they didn't just give him his ape? I know for sure somebody who bought their ape was like <laughs> Rich the Kid, right? Because he came out with a mutant. <laughs> he came out mm -hmm. with a mutant and everybody on crypto Twitter was making fun of him. Like, oh, I thought you were rich. I thought you had money. Why are you buying a board ape? You're broke. You didn't, I mean, why are you buying a, a mutant? Why didn't you go straight for the board ape, right? So, right. you know, to me, it just seems like that's not really being talked about um, because we know how fads are, right? This is a pop culture thing at this point. Um, once the fad is over, is the value still going to be there? And that's what is different to me 
with apes versus crypto punks is not really a pop culture thing with crypto punks it's a crypto culture thing right like crypto ogs you know but some companies are trying to buy crypto punks like visa to um get that recognition in the crypto world but as you're seeing now it's kind of shifted and everybody's focusing on these apes you know you mentioned black twitter and also just being a black person i find it as a black man very difficult to explain the value of nfts to other black people it's almost like there is this barrier of entry when it comes to the technology, whether it's setting up your wallet or all the way to the barrier of financial status by being able to afford an NFT, which is another challenge. What are some of the ways that people of color, minority groups, people that don't have the same level of opportunities or advantages of others to jump into this and realize the value of NFTs in the blockchain? I would say that, you know, especially if you don't have the funds to go straight for a blue chip or something that's very expensive because these NFTs can become expensive. I would try to focus on, you know, projects that don't have that hype, but like I said, have that community. Right. So I would I would focus on that. And then when it comes to trying to get people to understand what NFTs are, that is pretty hard. <laughs> that's why I usually just start out with, hey, this is like what crypto is. This is what the wallet is. And then once they get that down packed, then I move into, yeah, here are these NFTs and this is why they'll be important. To me, NFTs come natural. I think if you probably explain it to a way as um, with reselling shoes, right? Shoes hold their value and they increase in price because of supply and demand. Um, it's very similar with NFTs kind of, right? So let's say there's a very limited shoe that's coming out. It's not going to come out again. And once they're sold out, you know, the price is higher because people can resell it and they want to buy it. But, you know, there's really no community there. But to me, that's like the closest thing that I can really think of. It's just like supply and demand when it comes to reselling different like luxury items. So when it comes to the the future of these these projects, I know we spoke a little bit about the applications in the metaverse, but there are also some additional things that are we are tying some capabilities, some real world things that we're tying to some of these projects. What are some of the more innovative or interesting ties that you've seen in the real world when it comes to some of the NFTs? You know, I haven't really seen too much real world stuff outside of, you know, what Board Ape Yacht Club is doing. Then there's one, that one crypto project that you actually mint the NFT in person. Have you seen those? Yeah, that look that's pretty cool. Yeah, I think that's pretty cool. You know, I think we, we could do more of that. Um, but I think that, you know, um, I haven't really seen anything else besides Board Ape Yacht Club and what they're doing, right? You know, they, they did an entire music festival <laughs> within six months, which is crazy. That is crazy. And they're, they're supposed to have all types of different parties. And I saw something that looked like a map. It was almost like their their roadmap, but it, it was like a map of almost like this board Ape world that they were going to be doing things for the next few years to come. Do you think there are going to be more projects that have things like that? Or do you think they're going to try to stick to more of the metaverse stuff? I think they'll try to copy board Ape Yacht Club. But like I was saying before, it's all about the execution, right? Are you all familiar with Neo Nexus? I know you're on the Solana blockchain. No, what's Neo Nexus? Oh, <laughs> so Neo Nexus, um, it was this project that, you know, the creator, the founder, his name was Jack, 
um, he was promoting it like crazy. And to be able to buy into the NFT, um, it was going to be a bunch of different like buildings, sort of like Soulstead. But to be able to even get access to even buy any of the buildings, you had to buy these golden tickets. And the golden tickets were one soul. And he sold like an unlimited amount of golden tickets. So I think they said they ended, he ended up selling like 13,000 tickets, right? He was saying all the different stuff that they were going to do with the project to me and other people who are invested in it, you know, we feel like he kind of like fell short so far. Um, but you know, he's like, well, I mean, I'm in Miami, I'm trying to make connections, but it's like, you know, the way that with as much money as he raised with those tickets, it's like, you know, you, you can pump out something, right. Something of value. I don't see any value being created at all. Like he does send out airdrops, but it's like, Oh, an airdrop of a cup. Like, you know, what, like, what's that going to do? He is focused on the metaverse, but it's just like, there's no real value that's being created. And the community is becoming kind of like upset because they feel like, well, we, we paid all this money for these tickets. We aren't really getting much value. You know, 13,000 Solana, that's a lot of money, right? So, right. <laughs> you know, there, there's projects that, you know, they're going to do that and they're going to just not be able to execute. So I do think they're going to try to follow what Board Ape Yacht Club is doing. Um, but I think that a lot of projects should probably just stick to one thing at a time in the metaverse and just focus on that. Because, you know, if you come out with this huge roadmap and you can't actually execute on it, it doesn't really matter. One of the themes that in this conversation has been the theme of value. And, you know, you've done pretty well in this space already. There are folks out there that are thinking about getting into the metaverse, getting into NFTs, but they don't necessarily understand the value yet. But there are also people that are in the world, but they're trying to think of like, how do I get the most value out of my time, out of my money, out of my research? What is that one piece of advice that you would have for everyone that's thinking about the value in NFTs and in the metaverse? Um, I would say if you're if you're thinking about the value in, of NFTs in the metaverse, I would say you need to just focus on like the long term vision of the project and then also focus on what are they doing right now, too. So it's kind of it's kind of hard, right, because you, you got to focus on what they're doing right now. And you also need to focus on, you know, the future roadmap of the project as well. So and when you're when you're doing your research on these different projects, um, you need to make sure that. Like I said before, you know, you're, you're talking to the community, maybe like paying attention to the artwork. Um, I, I really don't have like a set formula for it. So it's just something that, you know, I kind of can, I see something and I'm just like, okay, this right here is a little bit different. Right. So like with those dragons, right. Like I, I was going to buy those at 35 soul, which is a lot of money. Right. But they were five soul at one point. And I think they actually minted for under one soul, which is crazy. That so is from, crazy. Yeah. So from under one soul to 200 soul in less than a month, you know, I, I think this is probably one of the best tips I can give. Focus on what the blue chip communities are excited about, like that SMB, like Solana Monkey Business, Thug Birds. Uh, what's another blue chip project that people focus on? Those are two of them, but kind of just focus on what those um, people are excited about because that's what happened with those dragons, right? There were a lot of people who were SMB holders who were excited about this dragon project and you know it took off. Fantastic, bees! Thank you so much for taking the time to hop on the mics with us. For the folks that want to stay up to date with you and all the incredible things that you're doing in the metaverse, what are the best ways that people can do that? 
So you can follow me on Twitter. That's where I'm most active at. So my Twitter is capital underscore SB. And I also have a Discord if people are interested in that. So it's a community full of minorities and we're just focusing on helping people increase their income through the career and then also with investing. And we focus on crypto and NFTs very heavily. So, you know, if if people are interested in that, they can check it out. My link's in my bio. Uh, It's called SLS, Success Life Society. And yeah, you know, we're welcome to have more people and always willing to help people. So if you're confused about anything, you have any questions, definitely hit me up on Twitter. I would highly encourage everyone to take that opportunity. I know I am. I'm already following bees and I'm excited to see what the future has in store for you and the metaverse. And with that, we'll see everyone next time. Oh,